أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Inshallah, tonight's talk is not going to be all that long. Uh, I, uh, today was somewhat of a busy day on top of the uh, Masjid fundraiser. We had a blood drive in the, in the gym. Mashallah. I think some of, some of our, uh, some of our uh, younger attendees haven't gone to the blood drive, evidenced by their spunkiness, mashallah. Uh, inshallah, when you get a little bit older. But uh, I'm a big believer in these types of things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards a person who is there to help another person. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wallahu fi'awni al-abdi ma kana al-abdu fi'awni afihi. If a person, uh, if a person, as long as a person is there to help his brother, Allah ta'ala is there to help you. Uh, and so I'm a big supporter of these types of things. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the deen, as a slogan, we say that it's supposed to be a complete way of life. But the person who's putting on the blood driver is not sitting in the fiqh dars. And the person who's sitting in the fiqh dars is not making dhikr. And the person who's making dhikr is not, uh, uh, you know, is not, uh, you know, involved in uh, the political uh, affairs of the Muslims. And the person who's involved in the political affairs of the Muslims uh, is not, uh, you know, doing some other thing or another. And uh, all of these things are interconnected. And it's true that a person only has a certain amount of time in the day and a certain amount of bandwidth. And some people are better at certain things than others. But in general, uh, we should have a holistic outlook. And all of these things, whenever, whoever is supporting the deen and whoever is doing some work of the deen, and any service for the creation of Allah Ta'ala is the work of deen. Uh, anyone who's doing the work of deen, we should, we should also have a part of it. We should consider that to be our work, not somebody else's work. That's our work, even if only inside the heart. Um, and to share also... Um, because it's very interesting, like we talked about this in the khutbah today, for the who, who here wasn't at the khutbah today. Yeah. yeah. So like we talked about all the different things that happen in the masjid, all the different services. And like there's a lot of stuff people come to the masjid for help for that like normally people wouldn't think of. Like, you know, they wouldn't think that this type of stuff is happening, right? Somebody is like feeling suicidal. They say, I'm going to kill myself, Shaykh. What, what do I do? I feel like killing myself, you know? Like a normal person who comes to the masjid for salat is not like really, doesn't think about those things. Or like people will call in weird parts of the night and they'll say, well, you know, uh, um, like I got a call one time, uh, Shaykh, my uh, fiance is a Muslim, I'm not a Muslim, and he never told me about Islam, but I'm really interested in, in Islam. I didn't get a call, I'm sorry, I got a text message. And uh, I'm like, who is this? What, you know, the number was like from a different state. So I was thinking, like, I've been imam in different states before. So I'm like, What's, where are you even from? No, I'm from the area, but uh, the number is from somewhere else. So, you know, you text message somebody for like 45 minutes at night and then they take the shahada through text message. It's like an interesting thing. Like nobody would ever know that things like that happen because you don't, you know, they're people's private issues, right? So today, uh, uh, I got right after the right after Salat al Jum'ah, we shared some of those stories, you know. Uh, right after Salat al Jum'ah, uh, I got a call from a um, from a, a Muslim doctor in uh, in a branch of the Cleveland Clinic. They have like what, like 15 hospitals or something like that in the area. So it's on. It's it's closer. It's actually close to the. It's closer to the other side of town. It's on the other side of downtown somewhere. It's very close to downtown, but it's like east of downtown slightly. 
So the call was a Muslim doctor who happened to be on like duty in the uh, neonatal clinic, the, like the word little, like babies are, like babies were really sick. And so he said, there's a Muslim family here doesn't speak a lick of English. I thought maybe they speak Arabic. They don't speak Arabic either. They speak French and they speak uh, Pulari. It's a language in West Africa from, from a West African country. And they're new to this country just a couple of months. And the, they had a baby that was born with extensive brain damage and there's nothing they can do for the baby. And they told them that we have to pull the plug. There's no, uh, you know, there's no way that, we can, that this baby is going to survive. And uh, so the, the husband and wife, they have an, a, another really small son. He must not have been like more than two years old. And they said that uh, they, they're requesting is that Imam from the masjid can come and like just be with them while, the, while this happens because they have nobody. And Cleveland Clinic apparently hires a full-time Imam. And that, that Imam is in uh, like on vacation or something like that. So the, 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 the uh, um, you know, the... Uh, uh, Doctor, he, he called them, he somehow got in, in, in touch with the ICC, he said, I only go there for Eid, but, uh, 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 you know, uh, I know about this masjid, can you kind of come help? So, like, in, basically on my way to go and give blood, I got this call as well. So, we sucked out a pint of blood. Can you imagine this, the, the, the people at the blood bank, they were like, they were like, your pulse is too high. We can't take the blood, go sit down, chill out for another half an hour. So I sat down and Sheikh Ilyas from Akron, he, he, he was here, he, had, he wanted to talk about something. They're like, your pulse is too high. I said, of course my pulse is too high. I just got done screaming at everybody from the minbar, then I came down and then I screamed at everybody to give the message of the money, you know? So like, they're like, okay, just chill out for a little bit. If your pulse comes down a little bit, then we'll take the blood. So I, I sat, I chilled out, they took the blood and uh, then I headed, to the, I headed to the Cleveland Clinic and uh, uh, you know, can you imagine that? Like, it's like literally the baby is this big. I said, how old is the baby? They said, they said like three days, two days, something like that. And the poor thing was born with like very extensive brain damage. The head was swollen and the eyes were swollen of the poor baby. Uh, but like, it's a baby still, you know, like it's a, a living baby. She was very cute. She was very like, you know, precious little thing. And I was just thinking like, you know, uh, this is... Like, you know, this just reminds me of my own children when they were born. Like, maybe it'll remind you guys of your nieces and nephews, brothers and sisters, little brothers, little sisters, just a small baby, you know? And this poor uh, mother was just crying. And uh, uh, the doctor who had called me, he said, go drive your car into the valet. Uh, uh, just drop it off at the valet. We'll cover the, we'll cover the charge of, like, parking the car. But, like, they want you to be there when the plug is pulled and they've been waiting for this. So I, pull, I pulled up over there. And uh, 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 one of the nurses volunteered, even though her shift was over, but because she spoke French, she volunteered to translate. Because I don't speak Polari and they don't speak Arabic, Urdu, or Punjabi, or English for that matter, you know? So they, they spoke French and uh, the nurse spoke French as well, so she translated. And so the, the, the brother, the father of the baby was, was saying that we just, you know, we just wanted someone here to make dua and to like, you know, uh, read, you know, read something while, while this is happening and uh, uh, maybe to say some things to us. And so I told them, it's a hadith of the Prophet wasallam. I pulled it up, uh, lest I, you know, read the hadith incorrectly. And so I'll share it with you right now. There's really, there's a, a lot of a hadith of the Prophet wasallam having to do with dealing with the loss of a child. But, uh, you know, I was like literally looking up, looking, looking it up on the Maktaba Shamila uh, while driving. And so, uh, um, 
you know, which is not really the safest thing to do, but uh, uh, um, essentially the hadith is as follows. Let's see. I thought I took a screenshot, but I didn't. It says, عن أبي موسى الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا مات ولد العبد قال الله تعالى لملائكته قبضتم ولد عبدي فيقولون نعم فيقول قبضتم ثمرة فؤاده فيقولون نعم فيقول ماذا قال عبدي فيقولون حمدك واسترجع فيقول الله تعالى ابن لعبدي بيتا في الجنة وسموه بيت الحمد It's a hadith of Tirmidhi and uh, 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 it's narrated by Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu he said that when the when the child of my slave or when the child of a slave dies uh, Allah says to his angels did you did you take uh, the the child of my slave and the uh, angels say yes and he says did you like did you pick the fruit straight out of his heart did you take the fruit of his heart and they say yes and he uh, Allah asked the angels then what did my slave say uh, and uh, they say he praised you and uh, uh, he, he said that we belong to Allah and uh, to Allah we return and so Allah Most High says to the angels build for him a, a house in Jannah and call it the house of praise call it the house of Hamd and it's really interesting you know like this 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 uh, 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 brother from like imagine he speaks Pulari. Most of you probably have never even heard of the language before, much less even heard the language or know anything about it, right? So this nurse, whose French is not really all that great, it was like high school Spanish level French. She's translating, and I'm telling her, I'm telling her, I, I said this part that Allah asked the angels, "What did my slave say?" And he said they pra he praised you, and he said that we belong to Allah and to Him to return. And she's translating these words in the in the uh, French, and the the uh, the brother says, "Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun." In Arabic, he said, "Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun." He understood exactly what was, you know, what was being said to him, even though it was coming through like all of these like whatever third hand third third hand languages. It's a language translated by somebody who doesn't know the language they're translating into. Uh, to someone who doesn't speak that language that it's being translated into as a first language, but he immediately he said it. So you know, this is a hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, um, there's so, so many hadiths like this about the dealing with the loss of a child. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Essentially, what it is is that when like a little baby dies, you know, the babies, especially those babies that die before the uh, before becoming morally responsible, before becoming an adult and responsible for their for their own actions. Obviously, you know, the most of the the jamhur of the ulama say that the, those children they're not even held to account on the day of judgment. Um, that those children on the day of judgment, Allah Taala will have like the angel will be like their like their like like babysitters, and so he'll say, "Go take them, take these little souls into into Jannah now." And when they're at the gate of Jannah, they'll raise a hue and cry. They'll start screaming and 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 making a big fuss in the middle of Yom Qiyamah, and the angel will say, "Ya Allah, what do we do with them? They're they're making a fuss now." And uh, 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 what's the fuss about? It's that we're not going to enter into Jannah without our parents. And so Allah says, okay, fine, tell them, take their parents with them. 
uh, and so there's a hikmah Allah Ta'ala has hikmah in, in, in all of these things you know Allah Ta'ala has hikmah in all of these things it's really bitter sometimes it's hard to understand so this, this fa- father and this mother poor thing she was crying and their baby is there and the baby is like uh, has the tubes inside the breathing tubes inside of its throat and they said please just make dua and so the dua of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, just the, because the doctors say the baby's gonna die, it doesn't mean that the doctors have like a, a, you know the angel of death on speed dial. And they they don't know. Nobody knows. And so the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu is what is that if a person ever gets to a point, you know, the the question was asked of the messenger of Allah, is it okay to pray for death? And he says, no, don't don't pray for death. Don't ask for death. But if you're if you really get pushed to the point where like it's really hard to go on. Then, then you're allowed to ask Allah Ta'ala, Allahumma ahini ma kanat al-hayatu khayran li, wa tawafani ma kanat al-wafatu khayran li. Oh Allah, give me life as long as life is good for me. And take me away as long as uh, 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 being taken away is good for me. And so we, we, we made dua and that was one of the duas that we made. There are so many duas of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to deal with, you know, being in a, in a situation like that. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, even though it was a baby, the baby is not like morally responsible or anything. The sunnah is that when somebody is dying, muhtadir, the person who is dying while they're dying is that you make the talqeen of la ilaha illallah, that you instruct the, the person dying in la ilaha illallah, that you say la ilaha illallah. And the ulama say, don't tell the person, say la ilaha illallah. Don't say qul la ilaha illallah. Just, just gently repeat it. You don't have to keep saying it constantly. Just like every minute, every two minutes, just say la ilaha illallah until the person passes. Why? The shaitan comes to a person when, they, when they're dying. And the person can see the shaitan at that time. And we'll try one last time uh, to uh, uh, force the person to mess everything up. Right? Why doesn't shaitan do it while you're alive? Because if he does it while you're alive, you see shaitan while you're alive, you're going to freak out and run to the masjid and you're going to become pious person real quick. Is the shaykh, let's do some zikr, man. I don't want to see no shaitan again, right? It'll be a proof. Even the kuffar, they'll be like, wow, everybody you know, sees this shaitan just like it's written in the Quran, right? So the shaitan will come like that hard right at the end. And he'll say weird things to a person. He'll say, die, die. The, isn't the religion of the... The Christian so good, you know, you should accept this religion of the Nasara, you should accept this religion of the Yahud, there's really no God, there's this, and he'll say all these things to you and try to just mess with you, knowing what your weakness is, right? And so what happens is the ulama mentioned that when a person is dying and you say, uh, you say to him, say la ilaha illallah, the person will be saying, no, no. What he's saying is he's saying no to the shaitan. And it looks like to everybody else that that person committed kufr. And that's not what's happening. And that's not what's happening. So the adab is what? Because you, you, know, you may see somebody who's dying at some point. So the adab is what? You just, just stand next to their bed and just every couple, of, every couple of minutes, every minute, every minute and a half, just repeat softly, La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. And so the baby, obviously the baby is not going to say La ilaha illallah, nor is the baby morally responsible for any of these things. But the sunnah for the muhtadir, at any rate, it will bring some sort of uh, spiritual positivity into what's a difficult process, even for, a, you know, even for a little baby. It's not a fun process. They pull the breathing tubes out of the baby's uh, throat and the baby couldn't breathe anymore. And you can see the chest like uh, 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 constricting, trying to like get a breath in. And just slowly, like, you know, like every time that would happen, I would put my, uh, my uh, hand on the baby's head. Why? Because when, uh, you know, when a human being feels the touch of another human being, it calms them down a little bit. The baby's mother is like completely like out of it. Uh, and she's tr- struggling just to take care of her other child who must have been around two years old maximum. 
And so every time you see the baby struggling, you know, and you just put your hand on the baby and just try to provide it with some sort of comfort and slowly feel the, 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 the warmth of the body of the child go away. And the child died, you know, uh, the child uh, is dying right in front of your eyes. And uh, what you do is you sit and you say, La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And, uh, uh, you know, you just, uh, you, you, don't know, you don't know what to do or what to say, except for you just have to trust that this is a hikmah of Allah Ta'ala, uh, you know, in His creation, that He does these things for a reason. And one day we'll know what the, what the hikmah is. Yom al-Qiyamah, we'll know what the hikmah is. Who knows, maybe the child grows up and, uh, uh, you know, like life is difficult and who knows who would stay on the path of guidance, who would go through what difficulty. The difficulty of this world is hard enough to swallow. Imagine the difficulty of the which lasts forever and so you just have to go through these you know you have to go through these types of things um, and uh, I, you know I'll admit it's not like easy uh, it's not like oh look you know uh, I, I have a turban so like this becomes easy it's not easy you know you, you feel like almost numb when you're done with it like a dizzy and numb and like you don't know what's going on uh, in life but it's a reminder that like all of those things you know people are like I want to I, I want to have this type of phone and I this type of car and this type of house and this type of job and so and so has this many followers on Instagram and all this other nonsense and then you see the mother of the child is like literally right there she cried so much that she doesn't have any tears left to cry anymore and her baby uh, passed away right in front of her and when I was about to when I was about to leave you know, uh, I asked permission, you know, the, the father of the baby was like, you know, will the, the jami'ah, you know, like, you know, how, how do we take care of getting janaza and, and this and that for the baby? I said, call the masjid there, like it's all streamlined process. He's like, where do I get the kafan from and whatever. I said, this is like the jami'ah, there's a janaza every week. They'll help you with all of these things step by step. Here's the phone number, just call them and take care. Don't worry about any of those things. And, uh, uh, you know, I said, I, and I, I said that, uh, you know, I asked for permission to leave when everything was said and done. And he says, just one more thing. He says, can you just tell me something else, you know, about, uh, uh, you know, something that the dean teaches that, that's, going to, that's going to make us feel better. And this is one amazing thing about the people of Iman and the people uh, 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 of, of faith is that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulubu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whoever you know makes the dhikr of Allah ta'ala brings some sort of calmness and some sort of solace to the hearts that they want to hear about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they want to hear about Allah's mercy and they want to hear about Allah ta'ala's uh, 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 rift and his kindness to his creation and it does make them feel better in the most difficult of circumstances you know there's some people that like their food is laid at like the restaurant and they freak out and they, they lose control and these people literally their baby died in front of them and you see them they just said can you just tell us a little bit more about the deen and so uh, uh, you know I just mentioned the same thing you know, it's the hikmah of Allah ta'ala everyone will leave Everybody will leave one day. You know, it's really sad when someone dies young or when this accident or gets sick or whatever. Everyone's going to leave. Nobody here is going to live forever. Nobody before lived forever. Who would want to live in this dunya forever anyway? You have something to do, go ahead and finish it. You know, you're memorizing the Quran, memorize it. If you have kids to raise, raise them. If you have bills to pay, pay them, pay your debts off. You know, you have something you want to do, you know. Uh, go ahead and do it. And then when you're done, who wants to stay in this place forever? So I, I mentioned something amongst other things. I mentioned something that one of my uh, asatiza, one of my mashayf told me. Um, he, his name is uh, 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 Mulana Muhammad Hassan. And he is a... He's from Mewat. Do we have any Desi people here? <laughs> you, was, you was in Mewat. Okay, so is Mewat like a really developed part of India? 
Is it like a wealthy part of India? People from India and Pakistan don't know where Mewat is. Mewat, their language is, uh, is not, has no, there's no, there's no, it's not a written language because of how poor and backward of an area it is. And, uh, you know, although this is not like a talk about Mewat, but like the point is, is like it's a really desolate and backward type of place. So the Sheikh is from Mewat. Uh, um, and but for whatever reason or another, his grandfather was one of the original disciples of Mawlana Yas, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, uh, one of the mashaykh uh, in the great mashaykh in the past of India. One of his ideas was that like we'll go to one of these place, places that people know nothing about Deen and we'll like revive the Deen there. So they say Mewat was such a backwards place. If you ask the people what your religion is, they'd all say they're Muslims. But they didn't, they didn't know how to say La ilaha illallah, nobody prayed, nobody fasted, nobody even knew how to say salam. They used to greet each other like the Hindus do. But if you ask them what's your religion, they'll all say we're Muslims. But they didn't even know, literally they didn't know how to say La ilaha illallah. I know it's difficult for a person to imagine that, but there are places like that in the world where people are so backward, you know. So the Shaykh basically, he went and preached to them and they were so ignorant, like they were like whatever, like we don't even get what you're talking about and no one would listen. So finally what he would do is he would take his money, he, had, he, owned, he owned some land he inherited from his father, and so there's a little bit of income that would come from it. And so what he would do is he would ask the laborers, the, the workers, like how much do you get paid a day for, to, in order to work? And so they'd say this much money, and it's not a lot of money. So he'd be like, okay, he'd go and he'd be like, I'm hiring people, and so he'd just hire people for the day. And he'd make them sit in the masjid and teach them alif bata and like he'd teach them basically how to pray and all these other things instead of like making them work. Out of his own pocket he would, he would pay for it. And uh, now Milat is, uh, mashallah, uh, such a place where like, uh, you know, it's villages, even it's revolt villages, every house has at least a hafiz in it. And the, the masajid are filled. And uh, uh, out of shukr to Allah Ta'ala, uh, you know, for, for uh, the deen being revived there, they go and they, they also will go into other adjacent areas and preach the deen as well. That's why, that's why the name of Mewat is now like even Brother Idris from Cleveland knows about Mewat now is because of that, you know. So Sheikh Hassan is Mewati and his grandfather was one of the original companions of Mawlana Ilyas, one of those guys that he hired to like uh, learn, learn the deen. And uh, because of that, his father also uh, uh, studied in madrasa for his whole life to the point where his, he became, his hair became gray. He would just sit in the madrasa and, and sit in the classes. And so the sheikh, his, uh, his tartib was what? His tartib was that he would uh, wake up at, uh, for tahajjud, praise tahajjud, and then pray fajr. And then he would review all, like, review like different books he's going to teach in the day until 10 in the morning. And then from 10 o'clock, and I kid you not, until 1 in the morning, he would teach classes one after the other. He would teach classes one after the other, from the most introductory of books all the way uh, to the big books of hadith and the hidayah, the big advanced books of fiqh and usul and things like that. And one of the special and unique uh, characteristics he had is they said that no matter how stupid a student is, whoever sits with him, they'll learn something. And it's an art because some students are not the sharpest tool in the shed. If you have a smart student, they'll learn the thing even the teacher doesn't know. But the idiot student, it's very difficult to teach them. And the mashayikh used to consider teaching the dim-witted and the dull students to be an act of piety because it's harder. Uh, but it's a sign you only do it for the sake of Allah because that person is not going to make you famous or whatever. And so uh, what happened is that this sheikh, he had like this ajib like quality because they're villagers and they're farmers and they're from the village. They're not from like a high uh, scholarly class or a princely class of people. And uh, so he would explain things very simply. So he says like, imagine you took a train, right? So we don't take trains in America, so you can shift the analogy to like a plane. So imagine you're taking a plane from Cleveland to London, 
right? From Cleveland to Amman, from, you know what I mean? And there's no direct flight, so what happens? The plane will stop somewhere. It'll stop in JFK, in New York City, right? He said that somebody's plane stops for uh, 45 minutes, somebody's plane stops for three hours, somebody's plane stops for 12 hours. What's more important, how long your layover is or whether you get to the destination or not? If your layover is long or short, it doesn't matter. If your destination is good, that matters. If your destination is bad, that matters. And so he used to say this whenever people, you know, these types of things would happen, people would come and ask, you know, because people respected the ulama in those days, they would come and ask him for du'as and the same way, you know, words of consolation. So he says that that's it, you know, maybe somebody's connection is a little bit faster than the other, but the destination is the thing that people should think about. So whoever lost a loved one, you know, from amongst us, all of us have lost a loved one. If we didn't, we'll lose one or we'll be the one that's lost. Everybody, this is the way the dunya is. Ahbib man Love whoever you want, you're going you're gonna to be separated from them one day. That's just the way Allah Ta'ala created this, this creation. Love whoever you want, one day you're going to, you're going to be separated from, from that person. Uh, uh, the, 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 the deen at least gives us this uh, a consolation that from the barakah of iman, all of us will be, be together again one day. All of us will be together again one day. Allah Ta'ala make that a Mubarak day. Allah Ta'ala give us sabr. Allah, Allah Ta'ala make us all come to the same good destination. Uh, uh, and Allah Ta'ala uh, give us sabr on the ahwal of the dunya and the akhirah. Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Are there any questions?